Are you tired of being told what to think and how to act? Well, you are not alone. In case you haven't realized it, you have an internal GPS. It knows all you need to know about how to live your life. So it's about time you stopped letting the media and the government tell you what is true for you. In fact, it is exactly that time. It's time to think for yourself. And here to make sure you're doing just that is your host, mediator, author, and lawyer, Carol Gold. Hi, it is Sunday, November 27th. I'm Carol Gold and welcome to Think for Yourself. Sharing a personal story about a purchase I made recently and how all of it ties into a nation that was founded in liberty and free speech. I bought a Roomba. Because of a back problem that I've been having, it's very difficult for me to vacuum. Well, without pain, it's difficult for me to vacuum. And so I decided that the thing to do was to buy a Roomba. So I went online and I researched a bunch of different products that, you know, companies that make robotic vacuums, and I ordered a Roomba. It came a few days ago, and I was very excited. So I unpacked it and I read all the instructions, and I was downloading the app because that's crucial to working it. And I was setting up the app when I ran into a glitch. So I thought, okay, let me go online and figure out how I get past this glitch. And like everything else, when you go online and you're looking up a certain word or a product, whatever, you come across all kinds of information that you weren't looking for. And I found out a couple of things about Roomba. Number one, that Amazon had purchased it. Now, Amazon doesn't need to be in the vacuum cleaner business. Amazon purchased it because it is a phenomenal data collection and data tracking device. The second thing I found out about it is that once you download the app and set it up, unless you have an Apple iPhone 14, you cannot prevent it from being able to access every other device in your home. So that includes your computer and its content. That's pretty much all I had to see. So I repackaged my Roomba and returned it to Amazon. It's a real eye-opener. It was a real eye-opener for me. The eye-opener has to do with how privacy directly ties to freedom. And as we lose privacy, we correspondingly are losing our freedom. This past week, Elon Musk reinstated Donald Trump's Twitter account. And in doing so, Elon Musk said that he was doing it because he intends to make Twitter the public square of free speech, in essence, the town square. However, he's still going to have some level of content moderation. I guess that's the polite way of saying some form of censorship. And that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on how he chose to make the decision to reinstate Donald Trump's Twitter account. What Elon Musk did was he put out a vote on Twitter. Should he reinstate Trump or should he not? And because the over, well, I don't know about an overwhelming majority, because a majority, which of course we know a majority only requires 51, right? 51%, but I don't know what the majority was on, the, on this particular vote. I think it was fairly close, 
But nonetheless, the majority said yes to reinstate it. So Elon Musk reinstated Donald Trump's Twitter account. There's a problem with Elon Musk having done that. And I think the problem is that Elon Musk, however well-intentioned, doesn't quite understand that freedom of speech is not tied to the majority and the will of the majority. Free speech is not vox populi, vox dei, which is the voice of the people is the voice of God. That's not what free speech is tied to. Free speech is rooted in liberty, which is a divine right, a divinely given right that's protected by the Constitution. We hear a lot of talk, particularly since Biden is president, about saving the democracy. And it's really important to understand that we're not a democracy. And that's not parsing words. When I say and others say we are a constitutional republic, we're not playing word games. There is a critical distinction between a democracy and a constitutional republic. And the founders were highly educated, especially in ancient cultures, and in historical literature, and they were very careful not to create a democracy. They created a constitutional republic with checks and balances and a three-part governance structure for a reason, as a check and balance on the abuse of power, which is what happens in a democracy. Democracy and freedom of speech are totally incompatible. I want to repeat that. Democracy and free speech are totally incompatible. And the reason is that in a democracy, 51% of the people can vote out free speech. They can vote out any aspect of free speech. They can vote out particular speech they don't like. And once 51% vote that way, everyone is subject to mob rule. In the Declaration of Independence, it says that government exists to secure the people's immutable God-given right to liberty. It doesn't say that that right rests upon the voice of the people as a substitute for the voice of God. That's what divinely given means. It means that it can't be given or taken away by man. It is yours by birthright. Democrats, particularly the extreme left of the Democratic Party, which now runs the Democratic Party, would like to replace free speech with acceptable speech. They want, that's what cancel culture is all about. They want to decide what it is that you can say that is acceptable. And if it's not, well, you get boycotted, you get banned, you get canceled, you get fired, you lose your job, you lose your friends. That is replacing free speech with acceptable speech. And that's not what this country is rooted on. You know, the speech you most want to protect is speech that is offensive. No one needs to protect free speech when you're saying nice, good things. That doesn't need protection. What needs protection is speech that offends. Now, no one's talking about violence here. I'm not talking about violence. I'm not talking about inciting violence. But offensive speech, we can't afford to be offended 
by speech, because that road is what leads to replacing free speech with acceptable speech. If Adolf Hitler had had the technology that we have today, how much easier would it have been for him to find the Jews, to find the infirm, to find the handicapped, to find the gypsies, to find anyone with the slightest aspect of Jewish genealogy, to physically track them? How easy would that have been for him and how much more damage could he have done and how much larger of a land mass could he have dictated and how much more havoc could he have wreaked? Uh, Oh, right. Oh, right. Wait a minute. Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping has all of the technology that Hitler didn't and he's doing it. He's doing it in his own country with absolutely brutal lockdowns. He's doing it to two to three million Uyghurs that he has in basically concentration and work camps. He's doing it because the technology allows for the expansion of tyranny. And here in the United States, Amazon, your iPhone, smart appliances, the navigation system in your car, the loss of your bodily autonomy during COVID, now an international treaty signed by Biden and foreign governments that will mandate vaccine passports to travel internationally. And how many more vaccines will they come up with every time there's a new virus? Because looking back, We know that the vaccine is problematic. We know that daily more and more tests come out of people who were adversely affected. We know that now it's being called the pandemic of the vaccinated because now people who are getting COVID two and three times are the people who were vaccinated. It begs the question, what did it do to their immune systems? The Ramba was a real eye-opener for me because it is inviting into your home a means of tracking your behavior. And the Roomba does that, the Roomba, I'm sorry, the Roomba does that. It does that in its mapping feature. You know, it says in the instruction book, you don't need to download the app. You can manually run it. The problem is it won't map without the app because it needs Wi-Fi. It needs the satellite to determine and map your home where everything is. Well, it does more than that. People who own Roombas begin to get ads on their devices, on their televisions, on their iPhones, on their iPads, on their computers. They begin to get ads that are customized to their lifestyle. Why? Because Roomba gathers that information. It knows what room you're in, and it knows a whole lot more about what's going on in your home. Is that really worth it to get your home vacuumed. I mean, I have a back problem. It causes me pain, at least recently, with this problem that I'm having to vacuum. But I'm not willing to give up my liberty and my privacy to a corporation, maybe even a government, who knows where that information goes once Amazon has it. I'm not willing to give that up. I'm willing to pay the price of pain physical pain, and figuring out how I do vacuum without giving myself additional pain. And I'm willing to do that 
Because yes, it's the harder way to go. Just like the harder way to go is to stop having Amazon deliver things to my home. Let me tell you, it's going to be really hard, but I'm about to approach it that way because I'm deeply concerned about Amazon's intrusion into our privacy. And they're not alone, but they're certainly up there in the top five of data collection and in knowing what our preferences are and how we live and what we search on Amazon and what that says about us. You know, we have to be willing to do the hard thing. And the hard thing lately is figuring out the truth. It's hard for a multitude of reasons. It's hard because they're, they're making it hard. They, meaning government, media, corporate America, even international organizations, We are inundated, as we know, with falsehoods. We are inundated with misinformation and disinformation. And it isn't all coming from foreign places. It isn't all Russia's fault or China's fault. It's happening right here with people who should not be doing such things, who should not be disseminating such mis- and disinformation. And the hard thing to do is to say no to it is to refuse to acknowledge or give credence or validate things that we know are false. At this point, there are three things I am certain are false. One is that the border is secure. Two is that the Hunter Biden laptop is false and doesn't link his father to his illegal and perhaps safety and security violations that threaten the existence of this country. And the third thing is that men are women, or women are men, and that hacking off body parts and creating artificial vaginas or penises is a healthy and good thing to do to children. Adults can do whatever they want. I'm not here to tell anyone how to live their life once they're an adult. However, children, they are our responsibility and it is a sickness. Gender dysphoria is a sickness and we are supporting it. The medical community is supporting it. The government is supporting it. The media is supporting it. There are three things I know are not true and I refuse to acknowledge in any way or validate in any way that they are. And that's what we have to do as a people. We have to stop patronizing the liars and the lies. There are times in history when other people have gone through this. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the Russian novelist and dissident, wrote an essay called Live Not by Lies. He wrote it thinking that he was very close to becoming expelled from Russia because of his vocalization and his writings on the thoughts of what was happening inside of Russia. As fate would have it, he wrote this essay believing his time was limited, and I think the day after he published it, he was in fact expelled. It's long, and I'm not going to read it all to you, but I have to read a few selected paragraphs to you because it is shocking that Solzhenitsyn was writing about oppression in Russia and what was coming in terms of purging dissidents. But you would swear 
that somebody was writing it now here in the United States. I think this was written back around 1987. Don't hold me to the date. But listen to these few excerpts. We have been so hopelessly dehumanized that for today's modest ration of food, we are willing to abandon all our principles, our souls, and all the efforts of our predecessors and all opportunities for our descendants, but just don't disturb our fragile existence. We lack staunchness, pride, and enthusiasm. We don't even fear universal nuclear death, and we don't fear a third world war. We have already taken refuge in the crevices. We just fear acts of civil courage. The circle, is it closed? And is there really no way out? And is there only one thing left for us to do, to wait without taking action? Maybe something will happen by itself. It will never happen as long as we daily acknowledge, extol, and strengthen and do not sever ourselves from the most perceptible of its aspects, lies. And the simplest and most accessible key to our self-neglected liberation lies right here. Personal non-participation in lies. Though lies conceal everything, though lies embrace everything, but not with any help from me. Let us refuse to say that which we do not think. So in our timidity, let each of us make a choice, whether consciously to remain a servant of falsehood. Of course, it is not out of inclination, but to feed one's family that one raises his children in the spirit of lies, or to shrug off the lies and become an honest man, worthy of respect by both one's children and one's contemporaries. No, it will not be the same for everybody at first. Some, at first, will lose their jobs. For young people who want to live with truth, this will, in the beginning, complicate their young lives very much because the required recitations are stuffed with lies and it is necessary to make a choice. You say it will not be easy. It will not be an easy choice for the body, but it is the only one for the soul. No, it is not an easy path, but there are already people, even dozens of them, who over the years have maintained all these points and live by the truth. So you will not be the first to take this path, but will join those who have already taken it. This path will be easier and shorter for all of us if we take it by mutual efforts and in close rank. If there are thousands of us, they will not be able to do anything with us. If there are tens of thousands of us, then we would not even recognize our country. If we are too frightened, then we should stop complaining that someone is suffocating us. We ourselves are doing it. Let us then bow down even more. Let us wail. And our brothers, the biologists, will help to bring nearer the day when they are able to read our thoughts, which by then will be worthless and hopeless.
And if we get cold feet, even taking this step, then we are worthless and hopeless. I'm not ending on a negative or depressing note. I'm ending on what I think is the way out of where we are. Someone said to me yesterday, you know, until the corporations stop abusing the employees, until the corruption in the government, until the media, blah, 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 until all that stops, you know, there's no hope. And I said, none of that matters. What matters is only one thing. Until we begin to insist upon living only in what we know to be true, until we stop lying to ourselves and others and allowing others to lie to us without speaking up, without standing up, without pushing back, until enough of us connect around that means of navigating reality, until enough of us can join hands in the truth, the rest of it doesn't matter. Because where there is no truth, there is no trust. And where there is no trust, there is destruction. Inevitably, there is destruction of everything and anything that opposes the fiction, that opposes the lie, that opposes the people we allow to remain in power and that we allow to continue to deceive us because we're not doing our job, which is being personally responsible for standing for that which we know to be true. We can do it. We just have to prioritize and remember that that's our highest principle, to live in the truth. Because the other side of that coin is love. Truth and love are tied together in the most intimate way. Truth is love, and love is truth. All else is falsehood and fiction. Thanks for listening. I'm Carol Gold. I'll be back here again next Sunday, and until I am, by all means, think for yourself. Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's carol with an E, gold.com. Please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.